views expressed on this program are those of the hosts, guests, and callers, and are not necessarily those of this station, its management, or other advertisers. You're listening to Transformation Talk Radio. Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Martini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show that's coming up right next. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Hey, everybody. Super, super duper welcome to all of you today. On the Dr. Pat show as I'm wiggling around in my chair. Do you see me trying to wiggle? It's like interesting trying to roll the chair as if it were rolling uphill. Now, that's a metaphor for something. Welcome, everyone. I want to welcome you to the Dr. Pat show. We got a great lineup for you today. Super lineup. Uh, we're going to be talking in a minute with Karen Herring for all of us, for all of us out there that are wanting to write to wake the soul, writing to wake the soul, opening the sacred conversation within with literary minister Karen Harry. I love that. Literary minister. Wasn't that sound cool? Literary minister. Pretty fancy to me. I love, pretty fancy, especially for these those of us that are still working on our books. Hi, Mr. Benny. Hi. How are you today? Doing well. Day after election day. Yep. Yeah. New mayor for Seattle. Yeah. Yep. I guess I was asleep at the switch for that one. But we do have a new mayor. But I don't think we have a new governor in New Jersey. I think we still have the same governor in New Jersey. But I would have to ask Linda about that. I would agree with it. Continuing is the same. Continuing the same. Uh, Yeah, a lot of interesting things uh, in in the elections uh, today and uh, yesterday. and, And I think really what I love about this is how we get to shine a light of awareness on things that we weren't even talking about two years ago. You know, and some people are disappointed in some of the measures that passed or some of the measures that didn't pass. And what I love is that I've been doing this show, Benny, we're coming into our well, definitely we're 10 years with Voice America, but we're coming into our 10 years here with the mighty KKNW AM 1150 and our fourth year with WBLQ 1230 AM over in Rhode Island by the water. Um, and, well, we're both by the water was water. Isn't that interesting? <clears throat> coast to coast by the water. Um, and, you know, there's been a lot of things that I've seen change in time. And the reason I'm I'm talking about this is because, you know, I get to talk with Karen today about writing to wake the soul. And it's not like there hasn't been things uh, out there. There haven't been things out there for us to write about. But I'm finding that people are being called to write. As a matter of fact, I ran into someone last night, you know, who said, you know, I have been called to write a book about what my childhood was like. And, uh, and something very, very strange and very, very painful. And, and she said, I'm called to do this. Uh, and this is somebody that doesn't really have a clue. And, you know, for me, I, I'm, I'm going down the same path myself. But what is it about us? What is it about 
all of us that is is has something inside of us to get out um, and to talk about uh, when we look at our lives, we look at what we do. But what I started to say to everyone is that 10 years ago, except for a handful of people, and I mean that, I mean, literally speaking, a handful of people, um, we weren't talking about GMOs. We weren't. We weren't talking about Lyme disease. We weren't talking about uh, hate crimes. You know, small groups of people were talking about uh, having the right to marry, regardless of of, of sexual preference and uh, gender. And I, I fast forward to 10 years and what I've learned in 10 years, and it's enormous. I so have loved being a student and continue to do that. Today, we have a great show for you. We're going to be talking with uh, Karen Herring right out of the gate to begin with, writing to wake the soul, opening the sacred conversation within with literary minister Karen Herring. And she is going to help us understand how writing can wake the soul, how you can write your way towards wholeness. I know for me that I, I've been kind of, you know, chatting with you guys for 10 years. And I'll tell you, there's something about speaking, speaking awake that soul, you know, talking awake the soul. Uh, writing now to wake the soul is my next venture. And it's exciting to have her here. She's a writer and a literary minister from Minnesota and the author of the book that we're going to talk about, Writing to Wake the Soul, Opening the Sacred Conversation Within. You know, but how does someone, someone like Karen, uh, Karen you know, a, an ordained minister with a lifelong passion for the power of stories, because my goodness, if you're a minister, you know some stories. I know you know some stories. Matter of fact, I could, we could talk about some of those stories that Karen probably knows. But whether you're writing about the stories you know or the stories you want to hear, there's something magical, and that's what we're going to talk with her about today. Uh, Karen, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here with you. Isn't that cool? Uh, so let's just talk about you for a minute. Um, you know, stepping out, becoming an ordained minister— and walking in the pathway of stories day in, day out, every day for the beauty uh, and perhaps for the healing. Tell me a bit from your perspective, how has writing and how has sharing stories or telling stories, how has that helped heal you on your journey? Mm. Boy, that's a, that's a rich question. Um, you know, for me, I my love of story goes back as far as I can remember, you know, right to the, the earliest stories I remember hearing as a child, and then very soon thereafter um, having this desire to begin weaving stories. Um, and the stories that I've heard have been healing to me in all kinds of ways, but um, the, the sort of relationship between them um, when you ask that question, it actually took me back to childhood when I spent a great deal of time being bedridden with an illness in one year of my life. And I wasn't able to go to school. I had a tutor coming to the house, and um, my mom was in school herself. My dad was off working. My sisters were all in school. And so I spent a lot of time alone. And, um, and I read books. 
I laid in bed and I read books, and they kept me company, and they also offered me hope that things were not always going to be like that, and they weren't. Um, But during that time, I also made a vow to myself. I said, you know, these writers, and some of them I wrote letters to and got little notes back saying what their books had meant to me, and and I made a vow to myself then. I said, you know, Mm -hmm. someday I hope to write a book, too, that will give back to somebody else in the same way that these books have helped me through this time of my life. I hope I can do that, too. And so, you know, I'm really excited about having this book out there because I'm hopeful that maybe somebody will pick it up and find in it some glimmer of hope as they live out their own story. Well, I mean, one of the things I I did want to talk with you about is the power of these stories. I know for myself, um, I think you you heard me mention that, you know, this is, we're coming up on our 10th year here out of Seattle, um, and uh, certainly our, our fourth year with um, um, Transformation Talk Radio. And from the minute I got behind the mic and I got to chat with folks like you, right, people like you that are doing this amazing work, um, it opened up a whole new door of possibilities for me. And it doesn't matter what's going on in my day, Karen. It doesn't matter, you know, what showed up, you know, five minutes before I got on air. There's something magical about it that I would imagine that writing has done for you and what you've seen uh, in folks that you work with or help. Now, you know, you're talking about writing as a, as a vehicle to wake the soul. What is it about writing or sharing stories or writing stories what is it that the soul hungers for so that it can be awakened? Mm. Yeah. Um, you know, I think one of the powers of story, and, and there are many, but one of the key things is that at their root, what stories do is they help us to make sense of our lives. You know, they're, they're part of our human capacity for making meaning. Yeah. or finding meaning yeah. within our lives. Mm-hmm. You know, they take yeah. all of these random things that often feel very random, but when we tell about them, we put them in an order. And as we do that, they begin to make sense. Now, it might not always be the sense that we want, you know, if it's a story about something we had wished hadn't happened to us. But even when we're telling a story about something we didn't want to happen, As we tell the story, it begins to heal the injury of that experience by by processing it and putting it in a context that is larger. So if I tell you a story about something that happened to me yesterday that was really hurtful, there's there's part of that 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 um that begins to heal it because I'm sharing it with you. Right. And I'm saying, you know, this happened to me. This was really awful. And you might give me a compassionate response, and that, of course, will be healing too. But even if you don't give me a compassionate response, just my putting it into words will begin to remind me that, oh, yeah, that was a story that happened yesterday. And how I deal with that story today is part of my power as a storyteller and as the person who will write the next chapter of that story. 
Well, so, you know, it's it's partly how we interpret what happens right, in the story. Right. And right. part of it is is what what do we choose to carry forward? Right. Because every story has something that follows, whether we think we've wrapped it up neatly in a bow or not. One of the premises of my book is to say, you know, our stories are never finished. We always have the opportunity to write another page as long mm. as we have breath, as long as we have some capacity to live on another day. We have a chance to shape the next part of the story. Oh, I love this. We're going to take a short break, Karen. When we come back, we're going to speak with uh, Karen Herring, the author of, as I said before, Writing to Wake the Soul. We're going to talk about, you know, what does this mean about telling our stories? Is this book just for writers or is it for people that want to start a spiritual practice. Spiritual practice is so important in our lives. I know when I sort of blend out and forget that I actually have one, life just doesn't seem as bright. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back with the Dr. Pat Show. On the cutting edge of the new mainstream, Christine Upchurch is passionate about bringing together science, psychology, and spirituality in a way that can be applied to our everyday lives for true transformation. The Christine Upchurch Show, stellar conversations to illuminate your journey, engages some of the most outstanding visionaries on the planet in lively dialogue to inspire you to become that bright light you're meant to be. Join Christine every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time on KKNW, AM 1150, and Transformation Time. Are you tired of being tired? Hi, I'm Mary Jane Mack. Did you know the adrenal glands, the workhorse of the body? They are the means by which you position yourself in life for whatever comes your way. Tiny but mighty, producing hormones the body uses to promote energy and vitality. These adrenals determine how you respond to stress, and when depleted, the body loses its ability to function powerfully when we need it most. The much-needed adrenaline or epinephrine is not available for emergency situations. Cortisone and cortisol, the longer-acting anti-stress adrenal hormones, can also become depleted due to the pace of our everyday lives. We overwork and undernutrition our most powerful ally that helps us to live the lives we desire. We are able to determine the optimum function of the adrenals and put your system back in balance. Contact us today to feel powerfully energized at 888-777-4232 or visit us at maryjanemack.com. Chris Stainis is a spiritual leader and healer and teaches a course on how you can transform your life through a meditation and healing system that will manifest your spirit's dreams. She manifested the Women of Wisdom Conference, the Women of Wisdom book, and this radio show. And she can show you how to change your life, too. Are you ready? Visit the website and contact her at VoicesOfWomenToday.com. That's VoicesOfWomenToday.com. Are you ready to give your home a fresh look but don't want to do the work? Help is a phone call away. Kathy's Handy is a full-service general contracting company specializing in home improvement, remodeling, and repairs. Kathy's Handy are specialists in kitchens, baths, fireplace makeovers, and finished carpentry, and they partner with other amazing specialty subcontractors needed to complete any job. Friendly, energetic, and dependable with an impeccable reputation to get the job done while keeping you as comfortable as possible during the transformation of your home is the hallmark of Kathy's Handy. 
Call Kathy now for a free estimate. 206-715-8126. That's 206-715-8126. And visit kathyshandy.com for a complete view of possibilities for your home. everybody. Welcome back. I want to welcome you back to the Dr. Pat Show, Talk Radio to Thrive By. If you want to find out more about us, go ahead and go to the thedrpatshow.com or go to transformationtalkradio.com. Uh, we are in the process of changing those websites. Very excited about that. Uh, and uh, making some changes that all of you have requested and asked for. And certainly uh, one of the things we're doing for our 10th year out of Seattle is bringing back our call to connection program, our pay it forward program, so that we can again share with you how to become a pay it forward angel. Uh, Lots of really good things uh, going on, including next year uh, for the holistic makeover. So uh, it's, it's an exciting time for all of us in giving. Uh, And today I get to talk with uh, someone that knows a lot about helping people Helping people not just share their story, but step into something very, very powerful. You know, the power of the written word and how that then turns and shapes our lives. Uh, Karen, thank you for joining us. Before we we jump ahead, I would love for you to be able to give everybody your website and let them know, first of all, how they can get a copy of the book. Sure, sure. Thank you. Um, My website is just KarenHerring.com, and I'm going to spell it for you because mm-hmm. everybody thinks my last name has two R's like uh-huh. a fish, but okay. it has only one. All right. So it's K-A-R-E-N-H-E-R-I-N-G.com. And on the website, you'll find information about the book and how to buy it and about the programming that I do. Awesome. So let's talk about, you know, the book that you wrote, because it sounds on the surface, if you don't read it, and you look at that, you know, writing to wake the soul. Um, if you just stayed with the word writing, you would think, oh, this is a book about writing. But when you read the rest of it, you're like, wait a minute, writing to wake the soul. That This is not just a book about writing. And then we look at it and it says, open the sacred conversation within. And so it's in. And then I read the book. And honestly, it is uh, it, it is about writing, but it's not about writing. Or it's not about, uh, it's not a book for writers, shall I say. So tell us a little bit about who this book is for and what is the, what is the power that get un- gets unleashed by writing to Wake the Soul? Yeah, I'm so glad you asked that question because as much as I love the title of the book, and I really do, um, I'm hopeful that people don't think it's just for writers because absolutely it's not. I mean, not all of us even either want to be writers or need to be writers. Um, And um, for those of us who are, this is a book that that reminds us that it it really matters what we write and how we write. But for all of us, this is a book that's about language. And, you know, language is that human gift of expression that we all have and that we all need as a way of describing what our experience is to one another and what our feelings are to one another. And so for all of us, whether we're writers or not, this is a book that says it matters how we understand language and how we use it, because 
words, words and language and story, they are our human gift of expression that has tremendous power. They have the power to shape and change the world. And so paying attention to how we use them and how we understand them really makes a difference, not Mm -hmm. only in our own lives, but in the whole, you know, larger story that we share. Well, what is what have you discovered? What have people shared with you about being able to, you know, write in a way that does open up the soul? What is the practice? Uh, you know, what is the power of the practice for people that do it? And, you know, for me, you, know, you say to somebody, well, it's really important to journal. What is journaling about? And then I go out in the desert for 10, day, 10 days. And the only thing I was really allowed to take with me was uh, paper and pencil or pen. Uh, pencil in my case. And, you know, you end up being out there and writing about everything, you know, including uh, a rattlesnake you see, a lizard you see, and what that means and your fear and everything else. What is it that we discover about ourselves when we write from this perspective? You know, um, it's it's interesting that you say you went to the desert and I you did. had all of these things come out because that's that's extraordinary. And and that's what a lot of us are longing for, to be able to go into a quiet time and space and have the words pour out. But to the contrary, many of us, whether we're writers or not, many of us have an experience where we sit down to write and we look at the empty page or the empty screen on right. our computer and nothing comes. Right. I get that. And Yeah. It's so frustrating because we know we have something to say and we actually want to hear it as well as say it. Um, Because part of putting things into words is it helps us understand what we're actually thinking and feeling. Mm -hmm. And so when people have that kind of block, when the words don't come, it can be really frustrating and can bring a lot of despair. What this practice does is it, it basically gives us a running start. I mean, first of all, it starts by saying, okay, look, this is this is not polished writing. This is about writing to and from yourself. As the title says, this is about a sacred conversation you're having with yourself. It happens to be on the page. And so think of it as if you're writing a letter to and from yourself. So it doesn't matter how you say it, you know, you're the only one who's going to hear it at first, right? Right. So you write this letter to and from yourself, and as you do that, when people begin to put the words down, they say, oh, my gosh, I had no idea that's actually what I was feeling. <laughs> that big knot I was feeling in my stomach, I had no idea what it was about until I just started writing. And then there the words came out and told me what it was. So why this works, my theory is that part of it is is that, um, you know, I spend a lot of time in the book and when I lead a guided writing session, I spend a lot of time Um, banishing the inner critic and just encouraging people to say, you know, wherever that critic sits inside your head or your heart or on your shoulder, reminding you of proper grammar and style and spelling and all of those things that can be important in the right place, but they really don't matter for getting in touch with your own Mm -hmm. inner truth. Right, right. And so we send those inner critics out the door. We say, you know, go somewhere else for the next you know, however long I'm going to be sitting here writing, you go out the door, I'm going to sit here, and then I tell people, okay, you have a little space on your shoulder now where your critic was sitting, invite your imagination Mm. to sit there. Mm -hmm. 
because sometimes the other thing we do is we say, oh, my gosh, i got to get the facts right. You know, right, right, right. Know exactly how it happened, right? Right. And, you know, often the facts aren't big enough to tell the whole truth of how we experience something. I'm not saying facts aren't important and that it's not important to know the difference between right. facts and fiction. But when we're talking about listening to our inner truth, we might need a story. We might need to just let this story unfold. And then when we look at it again, we say, oh, my gosh, I wasn't just thinking I caught a six-inch fish. Uh, that fish felt like <laughs> it was three feet long. Right. And that's what it really felt like. Right. You know? I, I love that. I, you know, because part of this is, you know, expressing ourselves in the way that we're experience, experiencing the story. And, you know, a lot of times, especially even if we're talking to people, and this is what I think was magical about reading your book, um, a lot of times you could say, oh, but I just shared this with my best friend. And you know that you are going to edit what you're saying. You're going to do it because you don't want to be judged. You may or may not want to show your fear. You may want to caretake the people you're sharing things with. But when you have a blank piece of paper, there is no one out there that you have to think about in terms of their feelings, how they're going to receive it, and any of that. This is what I, what I kind of love about this. The other part of the book that I want to talk with you about when we come back from break um, is metaphors. You know, in the chapter, Why Metaphors Matter?, I want to have I want to have a conversation with you and and be able to share with our our listeners what is a metaphor and how do you use metaphor in this kind of writing, you know because a lot of folks they think oh okay spiritual practice let me go ahead and just you know write whatever the affirmation is for the day you approach this really differently and I think that is kind of cool you know, the way you do approach it. And I want to make sure everybody understands that, you know, this is more than a conversation that has to do with writing an affirmation a hundred times. Karen Heron joining me here today. We'll be right back with the Dr. Pat show. And we're going to talk about metaphors. By the way, what's the metaphor for your life? Stay tuned. We'll be right back. The Tick-Borne Disease Alliance, TBDA, has just launched Fight Back for a Cure, a new national grassroots campaign to build support for the fight against tick-borne diseases. This fall, 24-year-old John Donnelly is biking across America to meet others affected by tick-borne diseases and raise awareness about the national tick-borne disease epidemic. TBDA wants you to get involved in the campaign and follow John's journey. To learn more, visit fightbackforacure.org. Having trouble keeping up with the accelerated, life-altering changes occurring on the planet? The Quantum Vortex is the brainchild of Meg Benedicte, a pioneer in quantum healing and energetic activations. Weaving together ancient spiritual knowledge, quantum physics, and vibrational healing, Meg Benedicte is accelerating change at the cellular level. For more details on private sessions, meditation CDs, downloads, and teleseminars, visit NewEarthCentral.com. What if the world doesn't function the way we've been told? What if we truly can bend the laws of physical reality? What if we can end limitation? What if weird were the coolest thing you could be? And what if it's time for a totally different reality? Are you ready to create it? Are you ready to dream as big as you dare? Hi, my name is Dane here. 
13 years ago, I started to truly ask questions. Actually, I started to be the question, and everything in my life changed for me. This is your invitation to step into something that Einstein, Marie Curie, Newton, Da Vinci, Shakespeare, Gandhi, Galileo, and Aristotle all knew to be true. It's not about the answer. It's about being the question, always. It's about truly being you, whatever that looks like, and changing this world. Is now the time? Start by signing up for a free video series at beingyouclass.com. That's beingyouclass.com. What if you are the gift and the change this world requires? Beingyouclass.com. Holistic Medical Center is where you find it all. A healthy space with doctors who care, see, and listen to the whole you. Hi, this is Dr. Darvish. If you have not found an answer to your chronic symptoms, you will find answers here at Holistic Medical Center. Our doctors find the root cause of your symptoms and guide your body towards healing naturally. We transform lives from within. Visit drdarvish.com or call 425-451-0404. Wearing on my shoulders, gotta find strength in me. Yes, we're all super women, super women. It could be a superman, super women, super woman. I don't know if they're going to bring super woman back in the Justice League. I'm kind of like a little bit upset about that. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to the show. I'm so thrilled to have Karen Herring joining me here today. As I mentioned before, for those of you that are just tuning in, if you want to really read about something very, very powerful, it's a powerful book. It's not just about writing. So I want to be really clear about that, even though the book's title is Writing to Wake the Soul, Opening the Sacred Conversation Within. And I, I was reading the book. I wonder what Karen's going to have to say about this. We're going to talk about metaphors in a minute. But I wondered for myself, okay, what if I were to use this book as a guide? What if I were to go page by page by page and do what she says? So let me just give you guys a little information about how, what, what's in the book. Uh, Karen, do you mind if I do that real quick? Not at all, please. All right. Okay. So part one, the power of words and the spiritual practice of writing. And we're going to talk about metaphors out of this part. But here are some of the things that we talk about. You know, writing as a spiritual practice, the invitation of ellipses, and then a practical guide to contemplative correspondence. Then part two is in your own words. Here, this is what I like. I love this. This is going to be shocking. Writing about faith, writing about prayer, writing about sin, writing about love, writing about justice, writing about hope, writing about redemption, which we're going to talk about, writing about grace, writing about hospitality, and writing about reverence. And I thought to myself, whoa, this is way more than a book about writing. Karen, that's some powerful stuff, (laughs) powerful stuff right there, writing about sin. Hmm. I could do that. Uh, but I wanted to start out by talking about metaphors and why metaphors matter. And I commented to you during the break that I had a minister a bunch of years ago say to me, because we were talking about the Bible, and I was, I was sharing with her my experience as a very young child, seven years old, Catholic boarding school, and how I became absolutely enamored with uh, Jesus. But as a seven-year-old, I, I came to understand Jesus in a very different way. 
than maybe what the popular culture believes. And uh, later on, I shared that with the minister, and the minister says, you know, as a seven-year-old, you really did get it. You know, the Bible is just a book of metaphors. And then I walked away, What didn't have the courage to say, I don't get what you mean by that. And then later on, went on a journey to experience that. Talk a little bit for us about metaphors. First of all, it's the second part of the book. I mean, it's not like the, the, at the end. It's like, bam, why we write to why metaphors matter. What has been uh, the power of metaphors for you in your life? How would you describe your life as a metaphor so that our listeners can understand how to use it in the context of a spiritual practice? Well, first of all, let me just start by just saying what a metaphor is, right? Yeah. Um, and and it's it, its most basic thing, a metaphor is a way of saying that one thing is like another. We don't always use the word like in the middle of it, but if I say to you, my, book, my life is an open book. I am an open book. So I'm basically telling you, I am willing to talk to you about all of these things in my life, right? And, and that's a metaphor, because clearly I don't have pages or a cover and any of that. But, but I'm saying to you that I am happy to have you read through the story of my life, right? Yeah. So that's what a metaphor is. And even though... You know, we tend not to think about metaphors very often. Most of our words have some metaphorical meaning. So, you know, like if I talk to you about time and I say, how have you spent your time? Well, the fact that, you know, time is not coinage. We don't actually spend it like money, but we use that word for it all the time. And so when we start thinking about time in terms of currency, we also are suggesting all kinds of other things with that. We suggest that maybe we could run out of time, or maybe we better bank it, or maybe we need to borrow it. You know, you see all these words we use to, to talk about time. And what happens is, is that each of us gets our own metaphor for things, and then that kind of shapes how we understand it. So, you know, my husband and I think about time really differently. And um, it took us a couple of years of living together to realize <laughs> that we had all this stress around how we handle time. And finally, he looked at me and he said, you know, you think of time as if it's elastic, don't you? You think it stretches and you can just pull it to, to cover all these things. I think of time as a brick and it falls. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And. We laughed about it then, but it really gave us an understanding that he saw the clock as just ticking away without any elasticity. Mm. And I thought, oh, come on, like oh. we can spend another minute here, another minute there. And so it helped us to understand why we each approach time so differently. Mm -hmm. So that's just a simple way of looking at what metaphors mean to us, that they, you know, they they have these implications for how we understand the world. So if you ask me, you know, you ask me what metaphor would I use for my life, you know, I think it probably changes on, on any day. And um, on this particular day, I would say that, you know, I often feel like my life is um, very organic, that it's a plant, and that, that I go through seasons. And in some of those seasons, I am dormant, and in others... I am pushing out buds and looking forward to all kinds of new things that are going to open. And in some seasons, 
you know, all my flowers might be falling to the ground, but there is fruit yet to come. And so I think of my life in that way of, of gardening and of, of the cyclical way that a plant goes through mm. the season. Mm. That is kind of amazing. You know, it's really interesting you brought up the time thing. Really fascinating. It? Yeah, it is. It is. Because uh, I, have, I have kind of the same thing. Uh, my former partner would look at time, right, and can, can t- could tell you, Karen, could tell you every day, any day uh, with the date and the year and even the time of day that something happened or <laughs> that something was said or that I said something like, right, okay, like on December 21st at 3 uh, p.m., uh, blah, 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 right? Right. And I'm like, you have got to be bleeping kidding me. Uh, <laughs> you have, what? You, and I, I'm like, I don't even remember, Karen, what I said to you 10 minutes ago. <laughs> Isn't that fascinating? Yeah, and actually, I mean, it's not that one way is right and the other wrong, because I, guess, I would guess that as a radio show host, you have to have somebody on your team who is actually watching the minutes and the seconds tick by. Well, after, right? t- no, Benny. Benny, right here. He's sitting like right over there, right, right across from me, right there. He's sitting. Yeah. He's like, okay. And you know what? If you don't pay attention, he's just going to start playing the music. Exactly. He's going to play yeah. the music. He's going to be like, okay, it's time for the break. <laughs> right, Benny? Well, it's like sometimes you have those built-in <laughs> clocks and of your ex-partner. And as far as some people have that right, uh, right. attribute, which I definitely don't have. I live in the now. Occasionally I'll remember, right. you know, other random things, but yeah. birth dates are terrible for oh, me. My God, so it's me just too. some people link to their own. That's right. But, you know, after 10 years of this, we have become an automatic pilot for the clock thing. So I'm just going to say oh, that sure. right out of the gate. Um, but here's what happens to me. You're absolutely right about this. You know, one of my uh, team uh, came across my dissertation that I wrote. Uh, when was that? 2001, right? And, and it was the to- a topic that I really did want to bury. So it wasn't like, you know, it wasn't like jumping out, but it was, it's in a black binder. It's in a black, you know, leather thing, right? And she pulls it out and said, oh, what's this book? You know, because we're going through the books. And I said, oh, that's uh, my dissertation. I wrote about broken promises. And honestly, I studied them for nine years, Karen, Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, you want to talk about a bunch of metaphors and writing from the heart. <laughs> and when she pulled it out and I looked at it, I thought to myself, who wrote this? No, honestly. Yeah. Who wrote I this? I can believe it. So I don't know. You know, tell me a little bit about this, because everyone has a different way with time. Right. Right. And what I love about what you have in this book, none of that really does matter, does it? If we show, yeah, if we show up and we're writing from the heart about what's in the moment for us, because when I start to look at, we're going to talk about the chapter on redemption later, but when I look at this and and you ask me to write about faith, oh my gosh, I love that, you know what has faith meant to me, and I could share so many stories about what faith has shown me. And I don't mean it, and I don't think you mean it from faith slash religion, right? Right, right. This is this is really in the case of each of the words in the book. It's about saying these are big words. They have many meanings, and they have old, old histories of many meanings. 
And so if we let ourselves be in conversation with the words and their histories and the many stories built around them, we will actually gain a better understanding of the word as we find it to have meaning and a better appreciation of other people's meaning. Mm -hmm. Well, let me ask you a question. Sure. What led you down the path to become an ordained minister? Mm. Mm. I, I oh, know. Yeah, yeah I, well, I have to ask you that question because <laughs> you're the, what I've introduced you as the writing minister, right? Yes. You know, Reverend Karen, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm so interested in how, you know, your journey to become an ordained minister, you know, has facilitated a conversation about writing as a spiritual practice. Well, you know, it has a couple of roots. One yeah. of them is that I, I wanted to do some kind of ministry from early childhood. And I grew up in a church that did not ordain women and that, you know, basically said, oh, take that off yourself. You are the wrong gender. And so it took me a long time to uncover that and understand what it meant. In the meantime, I became a writer. And midlife, I went to seminary thinking, I just want to steep my writing in theology. I want, I want my writing to, to be, uh, you know, in conversation with all these ancient stories of big meaning. And midway through seminary, I thought, holy cow, I'm not just here as a writer. I'm here as a minister, too. I think I'm meant to get ordained, but not as a regular parish minister, but as a minister of words and story. And so from that moment on, I finished seminary seeking ordination and understanding that for me, ordination was to a very particular kind of ministry, a ministry of words and story. Mm. And I've had the good fortune to be able to live that out. Um, And, you know, I think my desire to do that is really rooted in my love of all those old religious stories that, you know, as you said, some minister told you early on that they were all metaphor. And um, I I couldn't reclaim those stories until I learned that they were metaphor. Yeah, yeah. And they, Me too. You know, they, they have, that's, that's like the, the gift of story, is that it, it, it can carry so much more than facts can. I know. It's, I love this. We're going to take a short break. Okay. I can't believe this hour is like almost over. Uh, we're going to take a short break when we come back. Okay, Karen, can we talk about redemption? All right. Can we talk we about will. redemption, writing about redemption? What the heck does that mean? Well, that's why we've got Karen. This is a fabulous, fabulous book. And for those of you out there that want to really wake up your soul, when we come back, I'm going to tell you how to get a copy of the book and much more. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with the Dr. Pat Show. Grateful patients have been saying it for 25 years. When in pain, see Dr. Thane. Dr. Thane of Wellness One of Bellevue has been named one of the nation's top chiropractors by the Consumers Research Council of America, and for good reason. He has helped his patients recover their energy and vitality after car accidents, sports injuries, herniated discs, fatigue due to stress, the list goes on. 
The website is bellevue.wellness1.net. When in pain, see Dr. Thane. That's bellevue.wellness1.net. Chris Stainis is a spiritual leader and healer and teaches a course on how you can transform your life through a meditation and healing system that will manifest your spirit's dreams. She manifested the Women of Wisdom Conference, the Women of Wisdom book, and this radio show. And she can show you how to change your life, too. Are you ready? Visit the website and contact her at VoicesOfWomenToday.com. That's VoicesOfWomenToday.com. Get your shift together with Dr. Joe Dispenza and Greg Braden Saturday, November 16th, 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. at the Seattle Center for Spiritual Living for this collaboration between two of the most inspiring teachers highlighting their unique paths as they explore the latest scientific studies and how this information can empower you during this critical period of our history. Making a difference in the world starts with you. To register, go to joedispenza.com events. That's joedispenza.com events. What if there's nothing wrong with you? What if you're far greater than you've ever given yourself credit for? What if it's time to know the gift and the contribution you are to the world and to like yourself a lot more? Hi, my name is Dane here. 13 years ago, I started to truly ask questions. Actually, I started to be the question and everything changed for me. Asking questions opens doors to infinite possibilities. And it's not about finding the answer. It's about being the question, always. What I'm inviting you to step into is something that Einstein, Marie Curie, Newton, Da Vinci, Gandhi, Picasso, and Aristotle all knew to be true. What if no question is too big or too small? What if anything is possible for you? What if together we could create a kinder, gentler, happier world? Is now the time? Go to beingyouclass.com and sign up for a free video series, My Gift to You. beingyouclass.com What if you, truly being you, are the gift and change this world requires? beingyouclass.com. The Tick-Borne Disease Alliance, TBDA, has just launched Bite Back for a Cure, a new national grassroots campaign to build support for the fight against tick-borne diseases. This fall, 24-year-old John Donnelly is biking across America to meet others affected by tick-borne diseases and raise awareness about the national tick-borne disease epidemic. TBDA wants you to get involved in the campaign and follow John's journey. To learn more, visit bitebackforacure.org. Oh, you're bringing me back now. You're bringing me back, Benny. You're bringing me back to the day, the you're Donna like, Summer day. You're like the modern day. I'm the mo- <laughs> I'm the modern of day chef. Okay, I love that. That's kind of cool. Uh, you should have heard me singing in my car. Can that it? That would have I was like Terrible. crazy. It's too easy. You ever notice when you're driving down the road and you're like, you got this tune on, right? And it's blasting out of my car. And the people pull up to the stoplight next to you, right? And all of a sudden, you're like crazy bopping and singing. And you catch them out of the side of your eye. And they're just like looking at you like you're from like. They're just jealous because they want to know what you're listening to. And they're trying to flip through they and they can't know. find it. That's mm-hmm. it. And then all of a sudden, you'll get some kind of smile. And yeah. you'll think, okay. Because they're not letting loose. That's right. And by the way, do not be videotaping me doing that. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to the show. Writing to Wake the Soul, opening the sacred conversation within. Karen Herring joining me here today. And um, for those of you that uh, have been listening to the show, you you basically have heard me talk about many of the things in here. And I, I just love the way she's carved out what to write about. 
And I, I read these to you before, writing about prayer, writing about sin, right? And then, you know, I'm going through the book and I'm reading the book. And then all of a sudden I'm going through writing about love, writing about justice, which that was my dissertation, basically. And then writing about hope. And then here we go. Writing about redemption. What? What is this? Karen, (laughs) I was shocked. I got to, oh, writing. I'm like, oh, writing about hope and writing about. And then I get to. Writing about redemption. All right, let's talk about what this, because you talk about the redemption store, right? Tell us, right. Wh- why did you put this in the book? I think it's powerful. I don't, no one, I've, I've interviewed a lot of people in a lot of years. No one has told uh, to anybody to write about redemption. <laughs> that's, that's funny. It is I didn't funny. realize, well, you know, that was part of the reason that I chose that word, is that I think we have sort of a love-hate relationship with it. You know, I chose each of the words in this book for a particular reason, some of them because they are very um, overused and others because they get shunned today and a few others for other reasons. But redemption was one of the words that I chose because I think we have a love-hate relationship with it. And what fascinates me is that, you know, it's a religious word. We, you know, used to always talk about religious redemption, Um, but in religious circles, not that many people to use it anymore. We talk about salvation instead. And so redemption is kind of, you know, getting set aside in, in not all, but in many religious conversations today. And meanwhile, we seem to be using it more when we talk about, um, you know, books or movies. We say that book has a really redemptive story. And so I thought, well, what does this word really mean? And I started realizing that it has all of these Um, undertones of repaying debts. You know, redemption is about um, the exchange that we make for something. When we redeem a coupon, for instance, or we get, um, you know, um, we get points in our frequent flyer miles and we redeem those for something. And so the first reflection on this is about the redemption store in the old S&H green stamp. And, And it's about that meaning. And that made me think, because we are so riddled with debt, whether it's personally Mm. or nationally, debt is one of those things that marks our times, and it makes us really uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And I thought, maybe that's part of this love-hate relationship Mm. with it, because maybe we don't like the sense of debt. But then when I started researching debt, I realized, oh, you know, debt is really like a form of relationship. It's about being willing to say that if you and I are friends, I owe you certain things, mm-hmm. I, you know, and, and we are willing to use owe in that way, but very carefully because we also treasure our independence. Mm-hmm. So I put the word in there because I think it has all these meanings that have to do with relationship and exchange and also about what we owe one another. Mm-hmm. And if you look at the reflections in the book, they actually cover a variety of meanings of redemption, because it also has to do with brokenness. Yes. And, um, and that, too, is something that, you know, I think that's in the human, the definition of being human, that we struggle with our brokenness. Well, you know, isn't this, isn't this part of this, where, you know, us not cutting ourselves a break? In a lot of yeah. ways. Do you know what I'm trying to say about redemption? 
And yes. maybe I'm stretching the, the uh, tell folks what the word means. Maybe I'm stretching my meaning of it. <laughs> well, um, redemption is, is about, um, in the religious sense, it's about um, being bought back by the sacred source that we came from. That's a that's a very very basic religious right. meaning of the word, and so if we if we think you know if we stretch that meaning out and understand it across a broad range of what we name as God or the sacred, we might say redemption is about us being willing to give ourselves back mm. to the sacred roots that we came from. Oh yeah. Yeah. And and that's why I mean it's it's about relationship and our willingness to give ourselves mm. and then to receive what comes in exchange. Mm. Mm. Wow. You know, I want to thank you. First of all, let me thank you very much for, you know, putting out such a a, a brilliant invitation for people. Because there are many, many, many of us have gone to workshops. We've gone, I've gone out into the desert, desert. We've studied with shamans, all of the above. And yet, you know, we hear about a spiritual practice. But what we don't really get is sort of a guideline, you know, help with how that could unfold with us. So if you say to me, Pat, I want you to write about faith. Oh, okay, I'm on it. I want you to write about hope. Okay, I'm I'm on it. You know, I would like you to write about uh, sin. I'm like, oh, okay, (laughs) I'll give that my best shot. And so what's fascinating to me is what you've selected for people to really shoot for. Because we're not saying write about what you ate for lunch today and how you enjoyed it. You're really asking us to go deeper. And hence, that's probably why you say writing to wake the soul. Exactly. Mm. You know, I think the thing, and this is where the metaphors come in, is that this is a kind of writing that's asking you to pay attention to the fabric of your life, you know, to, to what it feels like, what it smells like, sounds like, looks like, tastes like. And as you describe that, it then asks you to lift your eyes from those details and to wonder a bit about what the greater meaning of all of that rich texture mm-hmm. is. And how does that connect you to the bigger human story that you're a part of? Mm. That's kind of a nutshell of this as a spiritual practice. It's very personal, and it's very much connected to the larger story of mm. life. Wow. Thank you so much for joining me. Please tell everybody your website one more time. It is www.karenherring.com. It's K-A-R-E-N-H-E-R-I-N-G. Awesome. Karen, thank you so much. This is very, very, very cool. Uh, And for those of you out there, there's a lot of information in here that we didn't even begin to talk about. Um, and, you know, I, and I didn't even continue to talk about writing about grace and, and some of the other things. They're just beautiful. Uh, hopefully you'll come back and we can talk about what it means to write about reverence. What do you think? Gladly. All right. Let's, let's take a short break. We'll be right back with the Dr. Pat Cho and Victoria Cohen. We'll be right back.
The Tick-Borne Disease Alliance, TBDA, has just launched Bite Back for a Cure, a new national grassroots campaign to build support for the fight against tick-borne diseases. This fall, 24-year-old John Donnelly is biking across America to meet others affected by tick-borne diseases and raise awareness about the national tick-borne disease epidemic. TBDA wants you to get involved in the campaign and follow John's journey. To learn more, visit BiteBackForACure.org. Grateful patients have been saying it for 25 years. When in pain, see Dr. Thane. Dr. Thane of Wellness One of Bellevue has been named one of the nation's top chiropractors by the Consumers Research Council of America, and for good reason. He has helped his patients recover their energy and vitality after car accidents, sports injuries, herniated discs, fatigue due to stress, the list goes on. The website is bellevue.wellness1.net. When in pain, see Dr. Thane. That's bellevue.wellness1.net. What would you do if you knew that you could not fail? The Dr. Pat Show with Dr. Pat Basile is a radio forum for some of the world's most influential people in the fields of health, wellness, and human potential. Dr. Pat brings together and introduces visionary scientists and futurists, environmentalists, educators, business leaders, inventors, filmmakers, authors, artists, mystics, and healers who inspire and support individual and collective growth and positive cultural shifts. This award-winning radio show empowers the listening community to be the change they want to see in the world. Tune in to the Voice America Empowerment Channel every Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern for the Dr. Pat Show with Dr. Pat Vasily. Radio to thrive by. Having trouble keeping up with the accelerated, life-altering changes occurring on the planet? The Quantum Vortex is the brainchild of Meg Benedicte, a pioneer in quantum healing and energetic activations. Weaving together ancient spiritual knowledge, quantum physics, and vibrational healing, Meg Benedicte is accelerating change at the cellular level. For more details on private sessions, meditation CDs, downloads, and teleseminars, visit NewEarthCentral.com. Tune in each Tuesday at noon Pacific and 3 Eastern on TransformationTalkRadio.com for The Dr. Julie Show, All Things Connected with Dr. Julie Kroll, featuring weekly segments with David Eisen and the Shocker Sound System. Each week, you will journey through infinite possibilities, expand into social potential, and find beautiful beginnings where endings leave off. Changemakers from around the world will explore what's emergent about the environment, relationships, health, the arts, education, and the evolution of consciousness. Visit TheDrJulieShow.com. Laura Longley is on a mission to remove stuckness from your life for good and replace it with happiness. Tune in Mondays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, and Tuesdays at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on TransformationTalkRadio.com for The Laura Longley Show, where authentic change takes flight. Say yes to that inspired you and goodbye to your stuckness as Laura and her guests deliver powerful ways to work through common problems in this fun and unique hit show. Tune in each Wednesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 Eastern Time on Transformation Talk Radio to Limelight Radio with Katina Macris. This is an inspirational, cutting-edge radio show educating worldwide listeners on a diversity of Lyme disease-related topics. Each week, Katina will interview some of the world's leaders in health, wellness, spirituality, and human potential. For more information, visit LimeLightRadio.com. You are listening to Transformation Talk Radio, the home of some of the world's most inspiring talk radio hosts. 
Please stay tuned at the top of the hour. We will be bringing you another amazing, educational, and inspiring show to get you on the path to transforming your life. For more information about us, please visit our website, www.transformationtalkradio.com. That's www.transformationtalkradio.com. 